You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. We are a few weeks now into a series called Onward that we started just a few weeks ago. And in this series, what we've been talking about is we've been talking about moving forward as a church. We've dealt with COVID. We've dealt with a pastor transition. We've dealt with some various things. And together, now we get to move forward into the future as a church. And some of the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks are not physical things that we could do, but some things in our heart that God wants to accomplish. And some of those things are like loving others. We've talked about relating rightly with people. We've talked about humility. We've talked about grace and truth. And these are some things that we want to be a part of our DNA here at New Life. And today we're going to continue with another one of those characteristics. But when we started this series, I showed you this billboard. And on this billboard was this question. And it said this. It says, describe Christians in one word. Can you describe Christians in one word? And the thing about this is that everybody is going to have a different opinion, right? So if we did this poll in here, which we did, many of you, what you had to say is that Christians were loving. That when you think about a Christian, you think love, you think loving. But it was interesting, the person who made this billboard and the person who received all of the responses for this, that 90% of the responses to this billboard were negative ones. That they got the responses that said hateful, that said fake, that said hypocrite, that said all of these things, right, that people think about Christians, and 90% of them were negative. So it was interesting to me that we have an opinion in here that varies very differently from the rest of the world. There's a little bit of a disconnect there. And I think for us, we have to pay attention to that, right? We have to pay attention to how the rest of the world might view us, because if they're viewing us that way, maybe there's something that we can do in here, something that we could do in here to change the perception that we have, that we could be part of the solution in changing our hearts, being loving, relating rightly with others, being humble, right? Practicing grace and truth. And, and walking in a way that a Christian should walk because Christians should be known by love. They should be known by love, not hate, right? Not hypocrite, not all these words that they mention. So there's some things that we can begin to do to change the way that we walk so that people can experience what they should be experiencing out there when they encounter us as Christians. So there's something that I noticed um, about this word vulnerability, which we're going to be getting into today. And what I've noticed is that when it comes to kids, vulnerability is easy. But as you get older, vulnerability becomes harder and harder as you go along. And what vulnerability looks like, right, is letting people in to see who you really are. Letting people in to see the truth about you, the hurts that you have, the the heartaches that you have sometimes, uh, the the pains and the the things that make you scared and, and those kind of things, right? It's being vulnerable with the world, but we have a hard time with that in church. And not just in church, but adults in general have a very difficult time with that. And and one of the things that, that I've learned is spending time with my daughter, Ellie. She's five years old now, but over the last five years, she has practiced great vulnerability with us as her parents. And there's times where she's hurting and she's sad. Somebody was mean to her. And she'll tell us, Mom, Dad, can you snuggle me? It was a rough day. Somebody was mean to me. 
Uh, there's moments when we're walking and she's scared and she asks for help and she says, Dad, I'm, I'm scared. In fact, one of my favorite moments, she was about three years old and we were walking in the park, just her and I, and, uh, and she, uh, she comes and grabs my hand and says, Dad, I'm scared. Can I hold your hand? I said, of course, you can always hold my hand. And uh, as we're walking, um, she begins to talk to me and we begin to talk about our shadows, which are right in front of us. And, uh, and so we're talking about our shadows and finally she says, Dad, you are really big. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'm a big dude. Okay. And she says, I, I said, so are you saying that I'm big because you can see how big my shadow is, how much bigger it is than yours? And she says, no, not, not really. I was saying that you're big because you eat a lot of lunch. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I loved that moment with Ellie, but, but she showed some true vulnerability that day. She showed some vulnerability in showing that she was scared and she shows vulnerability going forward. But I know there's going to be a day where she's going to outgrow that a little bit. There's going to be a day where she's going to be a teenager, she's going to be an adult, where she's not going to want to show her dad that she's scared. She's not going to want to show her dad that she's hurting. She's not going to want to show her dad these things because there's this value in this world that you're not okay if you show weakness. There's this value in the world that we live in that says, hey, if you're ever hurting, don't tell anybody about it because they might think you are weak. Uh, and there's these values, right, that this world runs by, and it's easy for those things as we grow older to become part of our mindset, to become part of who we are. And I'm telling you, it's not the right way. And there's going to be a different way that we're going to talk about here in a little bit that I believe God is calling us to. But there's something that happens when we get older. And not only does it happen when we get older, but sometimes it happens when we become part of the church, that there's something a part of the church in general, a part of the culture of churches, and I'm glad we've been able to build a church that isn't so much like this, and I hope we continue to go in that direction, that we are vulnerable with each other in moments, that we, that we share our heart about things that we're dealing with. But there's times when you can walk into a church and you put on the mask, right? You, uh, you've, you've just been fighting outside, and, and you know, you just called uh, your spouse a butt on the way in, right? And, uh, and then you walk in and somebody asks how you're doing and you say, blessed and highly favored in the Lord, right? And, uh, and everything's fine. And yeah, man, seven for seven on my quiet times this week, you know, everything is perfect in my life. Yeah, my biggest problem is that I don't uh, use my time wisely enough. You know, I'm studying the Bible so much that, you know, I don't uh, have time to help somebody else right now, you know. You know, all these things, right, that we turn it around and make ourselves look even better. And, and, and you know, we put on the front sometimes, and it's easy for us to do that. And some, there's some cultures that are like that, right? They want you to put on the mask, they want you to act a certain way. It's not okay for you to show weakness. It's not okay for you to show that there's some areas that you're struggling in. But we want to be a place where you can be vulnerable. We want to be a place where you can share your heart with each other. We want to be a place. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that looks like. But I want you to know this lack of vulnerability, it started in Genesis chapter 3. It started with a fall of man, because I believe that before the fall, before sin entered the world, that people were very vulnerable with each other. You have Adam and Eve and God in this tight relationship where they're able to connect well with each other. 
And they had the most vulnerability, right? They're naked in the garden. They had no shame. They talked to each other openly. They shared everything with each other. They shared everything with God. When God jumped into the picture, there was no disconnect. There was no shame. There was no hiding. There was none of that. And suddenly when the fall takes place, everything changed. So let's see that here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. It says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So right away, as sin enters the world, what begins to happen? Vulnerability goes out the window. Suddenly they're hiding from each other. Suddenly they're putting string underwear on, right? Made out of leaves, weirdos, right? And, uh, and so, so, man, how uncomfortable could that have been, right? And, and so they're, they're dealing with weird things, for one. And then, two, they're using weird ways to hide from each other. And not only that, but they're in a position where they are no longer wanting to be vulnerable. They're wanting to hide, So they've sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves and they realized they were naked and they hid. So then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and for the first time ever, right? They had never hid from God before this. For the first time ever, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Man, what a sad day, right? Where there's no longer this sense of I can be vulnerable with the Lord where I can just go before him and empty out what I'm feeling and show him who I truly am. Suddenly they are hiding from the Lord. And I don't know about you, but have you ever tried hiding from the Lord before? It doesn't work very well. Let me say that, okay? Not a good thing to hide from the Lord. You can't hide from him. But the thing is here is we do this to this day, that there's some moments in your life where you mess up. Let's just be real. Everybody in here, you mess up, right? We mess up at times. And in those moments, it's easy for us to do exactly what it is that Adam and Eve just did and run away from the Lord, hide from him. But the more we mature in our faith and the more we grow, what should happen in those moments is not that you run away from God in those moments, but you run to him, that you get to him as quickly as possible, that you get to him to build you back up again. And so here we are in this place where we are dealing with sin on a regular basis. Will you be the person who's vulnerable with the Lord and runs to him when you mess up, or will you run away from him? Not only did it mess up their relationship with God, it messed up their relationship with each other. And for that reason, we try to doll it up with each other. We try to pretend to be someone that we're not at times. And these are some things that we need to work on. We attempt to cover up. We attempt to hide, to modify our image, we're afraid that if someone knew the real us, that they would reject us. Have you ever felt that before? If somebody would know the real me, if they would know what I'm really struggling with, they wouldn't love me. They wouldn't care about me like they do. And there's these thoughts, right, that come in our heads at times. And it's easy for us to think that we're not worthy of connection or relationship, and we put on a show. And so we spend our lives acting And acting is exhausting. If you spend your life acting, putting on a show, you will find yourself tired because it's tired to be, it's tiring to be somebody that you're not. And when you get to heaven 
You think God's going to give you an acting award? Oh, you were such a good actor. Here you go. Here's an award, right? Academy Award winner right here because you spent your life acting and you did so, so well. No, God doesn't want you to act. He wants you to be who you are. And it's okay that you're not okay at times. It's okay that you're not okay. We get to work through it together in church. We get to work through it in our small groups. You get to work through it with your accountability partners. You get to work through it in those moments. It's okay to not be okay. But when we do this and when we pretend, we think that it's going to make people like us more. But the truth is, is it disconnects us from people. It disconnects us from people even more. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we enter this passage where Paul is talking about vulnerability. And he's being very vulnerable with us. And this is the apostle Paul, right? This is the guy who is the greatest missionary this world has ever seen. This is the guy, man, that is up there on the pedestal of heroes of so many pastors and so many missionaries and so many leaders. And it would have been really easy for him just to put on this persona of perfection, this persona that says, hey, I don't make any mistakes. I'm the apostle Paul. But that's not what he does here. In fact, the church in Corinth is struggling because Paul isn't like these other super apostles that have come on the scene. And there's these super apostles that are fake. They've been acting. And the Corinthian church is saying, Paul, why aren't you more like them? They are perfection. They have no issues, right? Their, their speech is eloquent. They are amazing. Why aren't you more like them? And Paul is saying, hey, let me, let me teach you something here. And in this passage, he teaches us about vulnerability. He teaches us about boasting in our weaknesses. So let's begin to read here in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, Even if I should to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so that no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. So let's just stop right here, right? Because we hear this thorn in the flesh moment. And, and I think it's interesting here as we look into this, because what's happening here is you have Paul, who is an amazing guy. And everybody's looking up to him. And he's saying here, you know, it would be really easy for me to become conceited. It would be really easy for me to think more of myself. It'd be really easy for me to be the kind of guy that says, I've got no issues, I've got no problems, I've got no sin in my life. But he's saying, I've got this thorn in my flesh. And this thorn in my flesh, it keeps me humble. It keeps me from getting to a place where I'm too conceited. It keeps me from this place. And he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Let me read that again. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. So what is he saying here? That there's moments in our lives when we do have weaknesses. And when we do, it's okay to talk about them. 
it's okay to share about them. And I want to be very clear that Paul is vague here about his weaknesses. He's not telling people exactly what it is that he's dealing with. He's just saying, I've got some struggles in my life that I'm still working through. And because I have those struggles, man, I have to really rely on the Lord. I have to really lean into him. And I'm telling you, that's exactly what happens. If you didn't have any struggles, you would stop running to the Lord. If you didn't have any issues in your life, no problems, you would just say, man, I got it all together. I've got it all figured out. But because we have weaknesses, because we have problems, we find ourselves in a place where we have to run to the Lord regularly. And that is okay. It says here that his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul begins to boast about his weaknesses. So in verse 10, he says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So Paul wasn't going to show up somewhere and pretend to be somebody he wasn't. He wasn't going to show up somewhere and say, I've got no weaknesses. He was going to say, guys, there's some things that I'm really dealing with. There's a thorn in my flesh. There's some things that I am still working through. I am not perfect. There's some things that keep me humble. And for each and every one of us, I'm telling you, if Paul was dealing with something like that, we are dealing with something like that as well. Some things that we are still working through, some things that are still being perfected, and that is okay. So do you want power in your weakness? Trust in Jesus. Trust in the gospel. The gospel is what makes us whole. It's not ourselves and our good works and all these things. It's the gospel that does that. So trust in Jesus and practice vulnerability. Those are the ways forward. Vulnerability is the way to experience love and connection in your relationships. So so what does that mean exactly? It means that when you come to church, many of you would love to have a relationship with people. And sometimes we think that having a good relationship with people and having good connection with people means putting on a show, being somebody you're not. But what the Bible is telling us is the way forward into connection is through vulnerability. It's through being open and honest with people about who you are. And when we're vulnerable, we're experiencing living the way God designed for us to experience it, naked and unashamed. Vulnerable before God and vulnerable before others. And that's who God is calling us to be vulnerable before him and vulnerable before others. But let's talk about what that means exactly. I want you to imagine that you're in a small group setting. Man, small groups are some of the most vital things in our church. It's a place for you to connect. It's a place for you to get deep with people. It's a place that, man, we recommend that if you're not a part of a small group that you need to be, but it's a place where you can be vulnerable. And as I said, just like Paul, you don't have to get into the details of what you're dealing with. But you can share and say, man, I'm really struggling with parenting this week. I'm really struggling with my marriage this week. I'm really struggling with my relationship with God this week. I'm really struggling, fill in the blank. And you can have people pray for you. You could have people encourage you, ask you how you're doing. It is vital for you to have people around you. This Christian faith is too hard for you to do it on your own. But it's an opportunity, it's an opportunity for you to share your heart and be vulnerable before others. Or you could act perfect every day. That's the other alternative. And that doesn't work out. It doesn't work out well for us whenever we do that. But let me say this, there is some risk involved. There's some risk involved, isn't there? And we need to figure out how we are going to go through this risk of being vulnerable 
with people because someone may misuse your vulnerability. And I think this is where we have a hard time with this subject. Jesse, I've been vulnerable before and I got burned. Jesse, I've been open with people before and they said the things that I told them not to say. I've been vulnerable and I'm hurt now because of it and I never want to share with anybody ever again. And we find ourselves in this position where we shut down, right? Where we feel like we gave somebody the bullet and they shot us with it, right? Where we told somebody our deepest, darkest things that we're dealing with and they used it against us. And there is this great, great risk. And I want you to know, right, that that is a risk that all of us have to face. And it's a risk that we should go into wisely, right? We shouldn't share our stuff with everybody. And we shouldn't just share our stuff with just somebody that we just barely met. But we should build trust over time with an individual to know that we can trust them, to know that they are a person in our lives, an accountability partner who we can be open and honest with. In my life, there's three people that I'm going to be completely open and honest with about everything, right? That if there's deep struggles in my life that are happening, that I'm going to find a way to get those out so that they can know where I'm at, so they can know how to pray for me, so they can know how to help me to deal with these things, that I am going to speak to them not as pastor, right? Not trying to to look good or perfect or anything like that, but just open and honest. This is where I'm at. And I'm so grateful for those relationships. Those relationships are so life-giving, so helpful to know that there's people who will love you through your junk, that there's people who will love you through the hard stuff of life, that there's people in your life who will be that kind of person for you. But there is risk in that. They may use it against you, but the alternative is worse loneliness is worse. You having no connection is worse. Those are things that are worse than the risk of somebody speaking about the things that you've told them. Those things are the problem. So how do we move forward in this? Do we just stand up here and begin to tell everybody all of our junk? I don't think that's wise. There's not wisdom in that, okay? Because I remember hearing a story one time. Uh, there was this lady who, they were doing prayer requests at church and a service just like this. And, you know, they opened up the mic for people to come up and share. And she stood up there and she said, you know, I'm having some big struggles with my mother-in-law. And uh, it's been 10 years now that I've been married. And all 10 of those years, I've hated every minute of spending time with her. Every time I go to her house, every time I have to spend time with her, it's just miserable. We just bump heads, we just fight. And I want you guys to pray for that. And so everybody's like, okay, um, except one person got up and walked out and uh, ended up being mother-in-law. Mother-in-law went to that church, okay? Is that wise? It's not wise. It's not wisdom. That's stupidity. That's not vulnerability, right? So we have to be wise about how we share, who we share with, who we talk to. We have to be wise. Vulnerability is not sharing for the whole world to know, but it's finding those people who you who are in your corner, who you can really share with, who you can really share with. Vulnerability is not about hurting people. It's about helping you find wholeness in Christ. So a couple of things that we're going to do, number one is that we're gonna have a vulnerable posture with each other. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean sharing all your deepest, darkest secrets, but it means that if, if somebody asks you how you're doing, that you should really tell them how you're doing, even if you're vague about it, right? that it's okay for us to say, hey, it's been a rough year. And in fact, I'll start the posture now. Guys, it's been a tough 
year of ministry. It's been the toughest year of ministry that I've ever, ever had, right? To, to think about a pastor transition, to think about COVID, to think about all these things that, are, that have fallen on my lap this year. It's been the toughest year of ministry ever, right? And it's weakened me and it's hurt me. And, it's, and in the midst of that, right, God's, God's strength is perfect in weakness and it's okay. And we're going to get through this together because we have Christ to run to in those weak moments of our lives and those hard moments of our lives. And God has been faithful to show up here every single week in the midst of the hardest season of my life, right? He's, he's been faithful and he's faithful to you. He'll show up in the hardest seasons of your life as well. But we get to have a vulnerable posture with each other and share openly with each other about things that are going on in our lives. And like I said, we don't have to be specific, but we can be honest. The next thing is vulnerable sharing. Actually share with trusted and healthy people. People who you trust, people who you've built a relationship with, who you know aren't going to take everything you say and share it with somebody else. Right? Who are those people in your life who you can be completely transparent, completely open with? Find those people. There's so much life in having those relationships. But you got to build those trusted and healthy relationships. You start with openness, but you don't share everything with them. And you look for healthy people who are going to keep confidences. And you be honest in the right context. You be honest in the right context. And I'm telling you, as you begin to do this, what this does is it doesn't put things on your shoulders. Sometimes we put salvation on our shoulders. It doesn't belong on our shoulders. Jesus took care of it for us. And no matter how good we are, it doesn't earn us salvation. It's only Jesus who does that. And being vulnerable with each other, it shows us that, right? It puts the focus on Jesus, not on us. And that's why vulnerability is so important. It's important because we deserve to have people who love us and care for us. And it's important to be in relationship with each other for that reason. So friends, vulnerability. It's one of those things that we're going to develop. It's one of those things that's going to be hard as we go forward together. But it's one of those things that is so necessary in the church world that we live in. Let's be open with each other. Let's love each other through junk. Let's help each other walk. Let's help each other continue forward in moments that are hard. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.